0: The Sterpod Network from the University of Stirling Podcasting Society. Find out more at www.sterpod.co.uk.
1: Welcome everyone. Thank you for making the time to be in the first public debate of the semester. We're excited to announce that our first public motion will be that this house believes that AI is an existential risk to humanity. What is meant when we say the word existential means that is the complete eradication or threat to human civilization and its ability to operate. Risk just implies that this is a possibility for it to happen. When we use the word AI, we use the, uh, what we mean is artificial intelligence. And it's in, an entire spectrum from basic language models to um, generalized artificial intelligence in which it can think for itself These are just the kinds of AI that we're going to be talking about today. Um, For the public format that we're going to be operating under would be that each speaker will have 10 minutes maximum speaking time, um, and then it will move from government to uh, to opposition. After that, each side will have the opportunity to ask one question that is directed at the other side, in which the other side, has any, any member of the speaking team is allowed to answer, in which they have two minutes to answer the question and add any concluding remarks from the, uh, from the whole debate. It's important to note that the, uh, the opposition or government does not have to ask a question. After we finish uh, the questions that both the opposition and government ask themselves, a, each other, we leave uh, the audience to ask questions to any either the opposition or the government, in which um, the, even though a question is directed at either the opposition or government, the other side has the opportunity to also add input into the question. So an example, um, let's assume someone asks, do you think AI will kill humanity, just as an example, and a government says yes, because of X, Y, Z, the opposition has the opportunity to raise their hand and say, hey, I would like to add something to that point shouldn't exceed 15 seconds. Um, Is there any questions on the public format? Public debate format, okay. On the government side, uh, it is my pleasure to announce that this uh, public debate is a collaboration between Debating Society, AI Society, and Computing Club. Um, On the government, we have the president of AI Society, uh, Josh, uh, and Eda, uh, uh, who's uh, a Competitive Debating Officer, and also a leading member in the Committee for Computing Club. Uh, as for the opposition, we have Lawrence, who is Secretary of de- Debating Society and also in the com- Computing Club uh, Committee, and Michael, who is um, in the Computing Club Committee, uh, if that's correct, in which they will be opposing the motion and arguing that AI is not an existential risk. Um, Time uh, warnings will be indicated with the the gavel, with this sound, Um, it will be, um, I, I will make the sound when you have one last minute and then tap it twice to say that your time ended. Now, after the public debate's gonna be finished, the arguments are gonna be summarized into an article and hopefully published in the brig as well. If any individual adds any interesting comments, objections, it will also be included. Now, let's begin. Uh, for the first speaker, uh, from the government side, uh, you can begin whenever.
2: OK, so I'm uh, Josh, and I'm uh, for this, I, I believe this, uh, that AI poses an existential risk to humanity. Um, the the reasons for this is, uh, as Hamoud said, uh, uh, the probability, the risk, uh, is, I believe, to be larger than 0%. Um, so that can be a little tiny, minuscule amount, or it can be a larger amount. The truth is, I believe that we can't even predict this probability. We have not enough information. There's there's nothing to calculate this with, right? Um, humans, as a whole, have uh, struggled to calculate predictions of the future um, for as long as history has, um, has been. Uh, so... The first point i'd like to raise my, my argument comes with three points right so i'm going to talk about ai alignment i'm going to talk about regulation and then i'm going to talk about capitalism and uh, profits uh, so first first point is uh, ai alignment so ai alignment uh, is uh, it's a very very difficult issue ai alignment just means uh, trying to align ai with our own goals human's goals right uh, this is uh, essential because if you don't, if there's even a slight deviation of alignment with humans' goals, it can result in uh, disastrous outcomes. Okay, so it doesn't have to be evil. AI's goals doesn't have to be evil. I don't have to say AI hey, kill everything in order for it to, uh, for the consequences to be the same. I'll give you an example of this. Um, as humans, uh, we have goals, right? Um, we don't go out of our way to kill all the animals. We don't go out of the way uh, to kill uh, ants, birds, trees. Um, But if they stand in the way of our goals, we will happily move that anthill, we will happily move those trees, we will happily kill the entire entire habitat just to put a building in place of uh, where we want a building. Um, And if we assign goals uh, to AI like that, it will be the exact same outcome. And we could be the ants, the birds, the trees, uh, and we could be moved out of the way if uh, goals are not aligned. And I'll give you an example of this of a simpler technology which not necessarily has a goal but it has programmed into it. It's it's optimized to do something, right? Uh, So these um, algorithms in the flash crash in 2010 um, were made to maximize profits and maximize speed. How these essentially worked were they would uh, buy stocks at a really fast pace and sell them at really fast pace as well. Um, so they would buy them before major orders were filled and then sell them after the uh, major orders were fulfilled. And uh, anyways, these bots, they were they were good at the job until they weren't. Uh, so they actually created this unintended feedback loop, which resulted in wiping out $1 trillion off market value within one minute. And this was something uh, created by humans uh, that had a specific goal and it resulted in something really, really disastrous. And this is a really simple technology as well. It's just like a a simple algorithm, right? Another example of this is uh, algorithms in social media. Uh, You can think of uh, Facebook algorithms that uh, want you to stay in the platform as long as you can to increase engagement. as uh, this is a type of AI, right? Uh, And the the whole idea of this was trying to maximize engagement. So the idea is if I can keep a person on a platform for as long as uh, I can, I am maximizing their happiness because they wouldn't be on the platform unless they are happy. This isn't the truth. Uh, I think we've all came into this doom scrolling thing where we're scrolling and scrolling, scrolling, trying to find something of meaning, but there's nothing there and uh, we've kind of like came out of it's dissatisfied and also the, the other unintended um, consequences of these algorithms are the likes of a uh, spread of fake news uh, extremist content and uh, conspiracy theories um, so it's another thing to consider and ai uh, if we give it goals it might it might this, this is the, the key word here we do not know uh, if we do it wrong it may uh, have the consequence of uh, it may have dire consequences. It may have even worse consequences than just making you a little bit unhappy. You know, it can just we again we could be the ants in uh, the, the the ground or the trees or the birds or whatever that's just wiped out because we're in the middle of the we we are a barrier to their goal. Uh, so I would like to just talk about goals uh, for a little second as well. Uh, so goals. If you assign a goal to someone, any survive like a surviving being or uh, like an ant, like. Specifically humans, right? Because we can kind of like think of those as goals, like similar to AI in a way, right? If you assign a goal to somebody That goal, no matter the goal, comes with three sub goals and these three sub goals are survival Because if you don't survive, you can't fulfill the goal that you've been told about Uh, Resource acquisition because in order to fulfill that goal, you may have to uh, get more noise, get more uh, energy, you may need to get more materials as well, so uh that's that's another sub goal uh, the last sub goal is goal uh goal content integrity so your goal has to be uncorruptible uh or else you won't be able to fulfill the original goal uh, so i can't change your goal this is this is a like a thought process right uh, so um the th- there's a, a thing by i think it's nick bostrom uh, he talks about a paperclip maximizer It's basically you give the ai a goal uh, of maximizing the amount of paper clips it produces and so i'll go i'll, I'll do that goal and for a while uh, the company's like this is this is great we're making so much more profits because this has found a, a, like an amazing way of maximizing the amount of paper clip output, and uh it's, it, it feels great and now uh, because the ai gets utility of maximizing that goal it will continue down this rabbit hole because this is the only thing that it gives you it it aligns uh, utility to it so it makes paper clips and it starts gathering resources and taking resources and it will start breaking down atoms that we are using in buildings and uh, eventually the whole planet will be turned into paper clips because this is the only thing that uh, makes this bot have utility and we can't shut it down because if it shuts down then it won't be able to um, uh, stop, it won't be able to fulfill its goal Uh, if it's uh, we can't change the goal because it won't be able to fulfill its goals if we change the goal and uh, if we stop its uh, acquisition of materials then it won't be able to fulfill its goal so it's actively protecting these three sub goals at all costs and yeah you could say well we could put like safeguard mechanisms in place to like prevent uh, this uh, sort of thing uh, from happening and the truth is if you if you really break all these things down it's really really difficult to align uh, goals of a human with uh, an ai technology all right, so I'll move on to regulation now. Uh, so regulation is another big issue, right? So the development of AI is really, really fast. Uh, there's, It's like exponential growth. If you see, see the amount of papers that have been published over the like last 10 years, like it's just increasing, increasing, increasing because everybody's interested in this because there's so much profit to be made from this. Uh, on the flip side, regulation and safety uh, is very, very slow and complex. Uh, in order to get um, regulation in place to stop like an AI getting powerful enough to take over the entire world and uh, say like kill humanity right you would have to get global uh, a global response a kind of global consensus that we will not develop these uh, AI technologies uh, we will not develop them to the point where this will happen right but the the truth of the matter is everybody's competing um, and if I make an AI technology you have to make an AI technology because if you don't you're going to be less efficient than me doing whatever I'm doing right and if we both make AI technologies you're going to try and improve your one I'm going to try and improve my one so you have this constant kind of like race to the top and uh, it uh, when, when do we stop you know and we'll kind of like tread the line of what's safe and uh, what's uh, you, you know like what's profitable so we'll kind of like go through this scenic forest of like oh my gosh this AI technology is uh, making our lives so much better and uh, all of a sudden uh, flimp down a cliff and that's it. Uh, we we don't have anything left because AI technology is taken over and it's completely it has misaligned values and uh, we, we we couldn't foresee it because maybe it it was building up to this you know uh, we we have no no way of predicting what it will do. Uh, the last one is capitalism and profit. Again, it's just the, this idea that um, companies are profit maximizing and cost minimizing. Uh, if AI um, is easier to Inject into companies and create profit, then that's what will happen. Our jobs will be replaced, and eventually, uh, we will we'll probably probably not have any jobs, right? And AI will probably run companies. And th- th- again, this is all prob- like we don't know that this will happen, but these you, you can like discredit that this looks uh, real. In the fact, that <laughs> it's uh yeah, we, we just don't know whether it's going to happen or whether it's not going to happen, uh, and this this goes for uh, countries going against each other, companies going against each other, and individuals going against each other as well. So, if you don't use AI, then you're at a disadvantage, and maybe your company will die, or maybe your country will be uh, just left in the in the dust, maybe your individual will be left in the dust. Uh, so, yeah, uh, an example of regulation where it didn't work is say <coughs> uh, Chernobyl. So uh, Chernobyl. Uh, before it happened, there was uh, nuclear power stations, and uh, the regulation was obviously inadequate, and that, that this was the result. Of, uh, the, that this resulted in Chernobyl, like the, the whole, you know, it blew up essentially. And um, we can also talk about global responses as well. Like everybody would have to agree, uh, but this is a thing. We have wars in uh, Russia and Ukraine, Israel, Palestine. We can't even agree to, um, is this over or continue? Okay. Uh, so yeah, we have to get international consensus in this, and we have to all agree, which is a really, really difficult thing. I'm not saying that we can't stop, uh, we can't uh, reduce the risk. We can absolutely re- reduce the risk. I'm just saying that there is a risk, and we have to be aware of it. Uh, yeah. <coughs> so, yeah. Thank you for the
1: excellent speech from. Thank you for the excellent speech from the Prime Minister and the government side. I now t- uh, t- uh, take the speaking order to the opposition. First speaker.
3: Right, quickly, before you start, what do I talk into? That. (laughs) Don't worry. It picks up. Uh, Whenever you're
1: Mm -hmm. ready, I'll start.
3: All right. I'd like to begin by reminding people that what the media and the marketing departments dress up as artificial intelligence and really try to throw in your face is actually something that academics have been researching for many, many years, called machine learning. this has been heavily researched. Obviously, research has now increased because it has gained media attention and things like that. But it hasn't just been researched. It's also been used for many, many years in different fields, uh, particularly special purpose fields. Um, and in general, it's done a lot of good. You know, it, it can really help identify things like optimal treatment for chemotherapy for cancers. Um, it 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 is very good at solving optimization problems um so you know problems for businesses problems for for individuals it's even great for accessibility you know as a as a blind person i i use this all the time um there are ai apps that i use now that describe exactly what's going on around me where to find things what text says uh, optical character recognition has got significantly better because of things like neural networks and things like that so I think it's wrong to frame AI as this thing that is destined to turn evil when there is so much money and time and effort, and not just money, volunteer work, right? The academic academic scene is, is buzzing with people trying to do this. And the open source community is also buzzing with people trying to do this. Trying to make AI work for us and be better for us. And I also think it's important to remember that AI is not the same as artificial general intelligence we are nowhere near the point yet where AI machine learning models are capable of complex thought in the way that humans are. So the analogy I've heard uh, from Radio 4 was you're sitting in a room and you don't speak a word of Chinese, but there is an input hatch and an output hatch and someone hands you Chinese characters from uh, through the input hatch and there is a sign on the wall that gives you instructions on how to do, and on if this character comes in, send this character out, and that's what you do. And that's what AI models do. At no point have they ever understood actually what you mean. Um, that's why that m- makes them very bad at certain jobs. Um, so it, it is fundamentally wrong to say that AI, AI is progressing very fast, don't get me wrong, but it's fundamentally wrong to say that it is going to get to the point where it has intelligence similar to that of a human. Currently, it has the intelligence of a flatworm. Um, so I, I suppose that's important to keep in mind. The, um, You know, another thing that's important to keep in mind is that we have the government opened by talking about instances where software has gone wrong before and has th- done things like crash the stock market one thing i'd like to point out by the way is that ai has also done uh, work in the financial sector in doing the opposite of that in in you know maximizing profits and things like that and furthering that field but i think it's important to realize that there are lots of different i mean anyone can make mistakes ai's can make mistakes at the minute though ai's can be shut down they are they are still computer programs we pro we we do decide how to train them on what to train them and exactly when to run them and and you know the ethics around that and we can choose to make decisions at a governmental level at a on a personal level as to what we decide to use Um, sort of leading on from that i guess um it's important to realize that despite the fact that despite the fact that ai is um has been has been you know ml has been in development for a very long time we are still in the early phases it is it is we are learning to do more things and right now a huge amount of academic effort is going into explainable ai in fact the computing society just had a talk on this um we are looking into and really starting to research heavily ways that we can understand these models and understand how they have been aligned and what their goals are. And maybe at the minute, we are not capable of doing that, but I have faith that the scientific and academic and computing science communities can come through and can make that possible. After all, it is just a program and a lot of data. Um, And speaking of that data, one important fact here is that AI, I think there's this is common misconception that AI is good at solving at, at like solving problems that have baffled the minds of mathematicians and scientists alike for years. That's not how most AI works. It is trained on data from humans, from the, usually from the internet. So, you know, it cannot it, it is very, AI is very good at solving optimization problems. It's very good at you give it a bunch of input variables and some output variables, and you say maximize these output variables given these input variables. Tell me what to do. And it can do that because of the millennia of experience that humans have had in doing so and all of the, you know, all of the ways in which we have written that down and documented it that the AI has been trained on. We are not at the point yet where AI can discover new things all on its own, except by pure chance. And that is, you know, it is a lot easier for a human to do that. It's a lot easier for a human to have intuition, which an AI doesn't. Um, So this idea that AI can develop faster than us, until we develop the idea of artificial general intelligence, if we ever get to that point, because there's no guarantee that we will, Um, I really... I really rebuke the idea that, that AI is going to quickly take over the world because it's going to, you know, become better than humans. It has only humans to learn from. Um, I, uh, Josh t- touched on regulation. That's a tricky topic um, because I think that. Regulation is important, of course, and I think government should be working on doing it, especially for, for example, businesses who are on the consuming end of AI who might implement an AI for use by their customers. I think there should be regulations regarding that. But it's very hard to regulate something like this because the technology is out there. It is explainable. It is being taught in universities the world over. It is, it is being done to death in the academic industry. And it is very possible for a bad actor I am I'm I will concede this point it's a very it's very possible for a bad actor to get their hands on this knowledge and and use it but and regulation doesn't solve that problem because people who are willing to do illegal stuff are going to do illegal stuff anyway what it is important to do and I think we will do is The government's argument completely discounts the idea that we will be fighting against this in any way. You know, we have entire militaries and we have counter-terrorism organizations already and we have things like GCHQ and we already fight cybercrime. This is just an extension of that. I imagine um, when when you put... I, I tend to believe that in this world, there are more good people than bad. And I think that the good people will you know we, we need to ensure that the good people end up better funded and end up capable to, to actually you know uh, deal with these threats. But regardless of what happens now, this technology is out in the open, and good and bad people alike will get their hands on it, and instead of sitting here worrying about it being an existential threat and, and killing us all and trying to stamp it out, we cannot possibly hope to do that. We need to regulate. We need, we need to regulate it, yes, but we also need to, you know, fight against the bad, pe- the bad actors who use this, because it can be used for a whole lot of good. You know, I think humanity's... I th- I, there's a moral of mine, which is, I think, all of humanity's fears come back to fear of the unknown, and this has happened before. You know, before this, the internet happened, and people are very concerned and, you know, were and still are about children's safety on the internet, about the accessibility of information on the internet, But you look around today and you look me in the eye and you tell me that it was not worth inventing such an amazing technology to bring the whole world together, to bring information into the hands of anybody, regardless of what their social status is, what their class is, things like that. Before that, it was computers themselves. You know, computer used to be the word for a person who does calculations. There were protests in the 60s and 70s and I think possibly even as early as the 50s. Um, about computing and the fact that it was going to take all our jobs, well, it has taken jobs. It has also given jobs away. You know, I'm looking to be a programmer. So I also think this idea that taking away jobs is a bad thing is a little bit disingenuous in the sense that there were... um, Economics. people in the, in the 1920s saying that we would be working less by this point and it hasn't happened because we always strive to, to work as hard as possible. And, you know, it might very well be that in a world where AI happens, we could do that and we would end up in a better, in a better place where AI does a lot of tasks that humans aren't good at and leaves the humans to do things they're good at. Thank you. Uh,
1: thank you for that fine speech, Michael. I now uh, give the stage to the government for the second speaker. Whenever you're ready.
0: Okay, I would like to start by saying that this year, again, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, which was founded by Albert Einstein, set the Doomsday Clock. And the 23rd of January, 2024, they set it at 90 seconds to midnight. This is an internationally, internationally recognized indicator of the world's vulnerability to global catastrophe caused by us. And the big changing factor in this for this year was the AI. So why is AI really that dooming? I will talk mainly, first of all, about the short-term risks that there are and then about the long-term risks. Each, I have two main points. Um, Short-term, we have influence and tools. The influence. A mass influence started already by social media, which we are noticing. There are these algorithms and bots that are pushing people deeply, in more and more, into some direction. There's a constant feed of some images and ideas that cause an anger and hatred. The big issue is that we actually, they seem to live in, like, groups of people seem to live in different realities, really. Because we don't only disagree now on what um, different opinions and um, on basically different interpretations of things, but we basically we disagree on. Thank you. When we are disagreeing on what is actually happening because of these fake news, and this there is are extreme enemy images created of what is supposedly going wrong that caused this hatred, and this can be increased a lot by AI because they are ruthlessly AI is ruthlessly making up things in order to achieve their goals, and It is even better at targeting. It is intelligently feeding inputs and in a much greater scale. This shifts the minds of masses. It splits people, society decoheres and falls apart. We have already extremist parties in the rise in the EU currently. And for example, recently um, in the Netherlands, the elections. And we have EU elections even coming up, and there's a prediction that extremist parties that are against the EU are on the up, that they might give a substantial amount of um, of votes. So they want to take the EU apart. This obviously destabilizes political systems. And so we are going to wars. And such a war is uh, a lot changed by AI in there. Already the fake information that is turning humans with this hatred worse than ever against other humans. But then also we have um, AI in the military um, accelerating. It's used in intelligence simulation, in um, uh, like uh, reconnaissance simulation, training, and lethal autonomous weapons. That's the worst that are then um, identifying and destroying targets without any human intervention. Next point the deadly tools that they are. We are making biological pathogens and bioweapons, and usually there is a trade-off of how contagious and how lethal these can be. But there we have a great optimization problem that AI is tackling to make them worse than ever. And these can be built then, nowadays, by anyone. That is a big, big risk. Because, of course, the information on how, how to build them are out there already. but. You are not able to quickly become the expert that you need to be to build them. Even if you are reading all these books, going through all these online resources, and for years become um, some expert in it, then then you might have a chance to build it, but it might go wrong, so this is, is even stopping people. But the system can now walk you through, step by step, and it is that capable now already. So you could design something now, like a bio lab. And you might even, on the way, have no idea what you're actually doing. Because you interact with the system, back and forth, you're taking pictures and uploading it to it, and then it tells you where you should be and what you should need. And you can build the whole thing. That's now. And there were some people, employees, who were against it, for example, who left Google in order to um, set up an, a basically ethical AI and wanted to go against misuse. And when they then were done basically, well, um, had this AI built, they gave it just the right prompts and it was also able to tell you how to build biological weapons. Because the engineers themselves are not able to define what the system will be learning if it is learning that much. So, and then also I have to say there are some individuals that really want particularly that, some terrorist groups, for example, that want to um, mass kill. And um, so they know this is out there. So they can go with it. Now, long term. Long term, they can be interfering with humans. And that's my first point, Second, der- turning against them. So the PlayFound algorithm was once asked to play the game of Tetris and not lose. And what it did was it permanently paused the game. So we are constantly surprised what it turns out to do. Engineers are constantly surprised what their systems turn out to know. And in the long term, the AI systems are getting more powerful and therefore are getting more capable to act on their own. They are getting their own goals to achieve. They are becoming their own actor, basically. And it is not clear to what extent then they will take into account human preferences. Someone has given an AI a um, system an intention. And whatever it wants to do, as the first speaker said, it needs to exist to achieve this goal. And therefore, it might take as many resources as possible. It will ensure that nothing goes into the way of it achieving this goal. And it does not need any malicious intent to engage in a behavior that is harmful. Like, um, like viruses, for example, don't have the intention to kill people, but they might. And yeah, it's taking our resources. It may take over the internet or take it down, take over IT systems, mass deceive people, and anyway, take, um, take things that, basic things that we need. And once a computer system goes for their own goal, you might be caught in a crossfire. For example, we did not plan to bring gorillas to the brink of extension, but here they are. They were in the, vo- in the way of our goals. My final point is AI systems turning directly against humans. And if we have these superintelligence turning against us, then it is over probably very quickly for us. And it's very reasonable, reasonable that many people don't want AI to become that powerful and get resources and all that. So they will resist, maybe attack the system by that point. And it is the sheer logic of an AI that it will then, trying to preserve itself, neutralize this threat. How specifically? Well, I mean, in the last couple hundred years, things that we developed, like um, computers and um, planes and Wi-Fi and all, it's not like, um, like they were always solvable, like they were always possible, it, like not the laws of physics changed to make them possible, but they were and we got there bit by bit. But when something that sophisticated and intelligent comes along, it could understand the universe and the laws of physics and nature and chemistry in a way that we don't quite, and manipulate it in a way that is not very good for us. And I, uh, one more thing, actually. AI was built to help, and we have many problems. We want that we want to automate basically that we want to find logical solutions for, for example um so much plastic in the ocean because we um wrapped stuff up and put it put the stuff in the ocean, or like um the biodiversity downturn because we um we killed uh, some species uh, that were crucial for some ecosystems that collapsed, or thirdly maybe um the extreme weather patterns that are coming, becoming a lot more regular. Uh, because um, the greenhouse gas effect is increased through more um, gases up there that we put up, and therefore um, more heat is trapped, more energy is trapped. That's the weather patterns increasing, <coughs> therefore. Um, so And the AI is trained to work on, work on issues. It is already said, it's hoped, we heard from the opposition that these, this AI system will tackle big challenges that we have. If such an intelligent system comes along, shouldn't it realize where we quickly, for everything of these, that it's us who are the problem? Thank you. That was it.
1: Thank you for that fine speech from the Deputy Prime Minister of Government. I hereby yield the floor to the second speaker of opposition. <clears throat>
4: Is this, is this good? You can all hear me? Okay.
1: Uh, Whenever you're ready.
5: Okay, I'm gonna begin. So, first of all, I just wanna push back a bit on the framing of the debate um, that was done by Prime Minister at the very beginning. Um, So, The motion is this house believes that AI is an existential risk. And Josh said that means that the only burden they have as government is to say, well, the probability of fundamentally um, humans going extinct due to artificial intelligence, they just need to say it's above zero. But that's not actually true. Because when we talk about risks, we're talking about something that has some amount of likelihood of happening, and enough likelihood of happening, enough probability of it happening that we need to consider it in our decisions, right? So, I'm going to make an example or two here. And I think, you know, I, I, like a fun example I like to make is that of apples, right? If I tell you um, apples are an existential risk, you probably think that's ludicrous. Apples aren't an existential risk. But I can actually make a very reasonable argument that there's a possibility apples will end humanity. Why? Because apple seeds contain a substance which, when we digest it, um, turns into cyanide in our body. And if you eat enough apple seeds, the amount contained in like 40 or 50 apples, you could died from cyanide poisoning. Now, what if everyone on Earth ate a jug of apple seeds at the same time? Humanity would end, we would go extinct, and therefore, apples are an existential risk? I don't think so. There's a possibility that apples will end humanity, but the chances of apples ending humanity are so low that it's not a risk. And therefore, for the same reason, We can't just say, oh, well, there's a possibility that AI ends humanity the same way apple seeds might end humanity and therefore it's an existential risk. We have to say there is a significant enough reason, a significant enough amount of reasons and evidence for us to say AI will end humanity and therefore it's an existential risk. So is it a risk or not? And how will this affect our decisions? Because there's a possibility I'll be hit by lightning when I go outside every day. But I do it anyway because the possibility is low. And I also have to weigh that risk against the risk of not going outside and all the benefits I get from going outside and interacting with other people. Um, So yes, that's the the first crucial point I need to make. We're talking about probability. Is it likely that AI will end humanity? Or is it incredibly unlikely? And what is that likelihood? And I think that's the real interesting debate here around artificial intelligence and its effect on human existence. And I'm on opposition side of the motion today, and I'm willing to change my mind if I am presented evidence that says, look, um, it's pretty likely that artificial general intelligence will end the existence of humanity. But I just don't think the evidence that has been given by the government actually warrants this belief. Because most of the examples they presented, while I can admit are dangerous in some cases, aren't actually existential. They don't lead to the extinction of the human species, they can lead to some death, but even the examples of things that have happened in the past that say humans could happen again, the fact that they can happen again means they weren't existential. So I consider a lot of these examples arguments for my side of the debate and not theirs. Um, so, you know, in general, we need to, and 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 I really like the point um, my team member made about. Fundamentally, like breaking it down in a more digestible way, the way I like to think about it is that, you know, we're, we're really weighing the benefits and the negatives of a technology. Like, what is the benefit effect of this technology? What are the negative effects? And what is the weight of these benefits and negatives? I mean, if it really is something so existential, this negative effect might outweigh all the positive effects. But the positive effects are so huge that we really need to have a deep debate here. Because I think one of the examples opposition made, if you take that example, which was the example of existentially risky viruses, and add to it what was mentioned by my team member, which is artificial intelligence is incredibly good at optimization problems. You realize that actually, we can't just talk about the slight risk that artificial intelligence turns us into paper clips. We also need to consider that humanity in general is facing many existential risks. And actually, if we don't use artificial intelligence There is a reasonable, sizable, risky chance that the other existential risks facing humanity lead humans to become extinct. Why? Because we just had the coronavirus pandemic. We know there's a possibility we have another pandemic with a virus that kills every single human on Earth. But AI can help us solve the problems, can help us deal with a potentially existential virus because it's cleverer at these domain-specific issues than humans. It can find solutions to existential problems that we could not find without artificial intelligence. And that's something that I'm going to say means that in many cases, the existential risks that humanity already faces are actually lightened by the use of artificial intelligence. And this is actually an argument to say, artificial intelligence reduces existential risk, the complete opposite of what government is saying. And I think this is an extremely strong argument that they haven't presented any evidence against. and it, it goes to show you know, if you're so like, if you're so ideologically dug into a position where you can't even think of like, any reason why someone would have a disagreement with you. Like, they haven't mentioned any reason, any positive effect of AI. And I think that's strange when we're talking about a technology that can literally save billions of lives, can give education to billions of people, can give healthcare to billions of people, can make things accessible to people with disabilities and would otherwise be unable to use it, can solve things like how do we treat cancer the best way, how do we deal with existential risk from viruses, nuclear threats, all these things, we can solve better with AI, we can deal with existential risk better um, using artificial intelligence. And we need, to, we, we, need, we need to consider that in this debate, so I'm saying it now. Um, okay, let me just calm down a second and see what I want to say next. Um, yeah, so I basically I've, I've framed the debate. I have said what the other side actually needs to say. Um, I've said why actually it's not very easy for them to do that. Why most of their examples are actually evidence for our case, I've said that actually there's a lot of reasons to say artificial intelligence reduces existential risks and helps us deal with existential risks um, and I think I've already made a good case so far. There is something else I wanted to say. Where is it? Um, yeah, basically it makes okay. I mentioned these benefits oh, I'm, maybe I should just go through some general rebuttal now. I feel like. My speech might degrade in quality a bit now, but I've said the main things I wanted to say, so let's just get started, I guess, one at a time. Like, one thing I remember is echo chambers. So the opposition said, oh, well, echo chambers, you're gonna get some radical people thinking radical things, oh no. But first of all, this is a minority we see today. Second of all, this existed before artificial intelligence. I don't see where artificial intelligence comes in. We can write programs which give people things they like based on their preferences without artificial intelligence. And I would also argue that Currently, it seems to me that the evidence suggests it reduces echo chambers because if you look at large language models like ChatGPT, which is what we're all thinking about here today because that's why this is such a hot topic, these are trained on loads and loads of data that you can find by googling things around on the internet. You, You will find what it's trained on online. And what is the average of all the data, all the writing of human beings? It's the average opinion, the exact opposite of the radical opinion. If you have artificial intelligence giving you information, Instead of getting the radical information, you'll get the most consensus-driven information, the opposite of radicalization. So I would say, actually, again, the government has made a mistake here because if we think about it just a little more deeply, it seems to me like artificial intelligence reduces the danger of echo chambers and actually leads people to be exposed to more conventional consensus-driven ideas. Um, Let's see. If you don't use AI, you'll be at a disadvantage. I didn't write much here. I mean, if you, yeah, I mean, of course. They said if you don't use AI, you will be at a disadvantage. I just gave you quite a few reasons why you would be. I mean, let's just compare humanity with AI and humanity without AI. Humanity with AI, maybe we'll get turned to paperclips, even though it's not clear how this will happen. That will lead me to my extra point that I want to say now. But without AI, which is what I really want to say here, like without AI, We're vulnerable to dying from everything we're vulnerable to die from now, all the existential risks that we can mention, climate change, um, viruses that end humanity, nuclear warfare, nuclear aid, nuclear ending, like you see some nuclear disaster happening with a nuclear power plant or nuclear bombs, all these things we can solve better with AI, and in fact, we might solve with AI. Um, So that's the world they're proposing. In my world, well, I find solutions or better solutions to all of those problems, and what's the risk? Oh, maybe we get turned into paper clips. Let me fight back on the notion, which I think is actually fair enough to government One of the only arguments they made that was actually existential. Can I keep going? How much do I have? One One minute? Okay. So they said AI would turn us into paper kits. But the first thing I'd like to mention is... If an AI is clever enough to manipulate every single human on Earth, bypass like all of our safety systems, or at least all the governments, manipulate all the governments, bypass all our safety systems, you're telling me this AI, which is so clever, and it has the power to somehow click its fingers and turn me into a paperclip, which again, not clear if that's even possible, so I really want some mechanization there, because there's this conflation of going, something's intelligent. That doesn't mean it can do what it wants. I mean, we have geniuses, right? Like, Einstein couldn't take over the world. Yes, okay, this is going to be many times more intelligent than Einstein. but like. You know, there is still a burden to say, okay, even if you get really, really intelligent, does that mean you can do whatever you want? It's not so clear. And so you're going to have to explain why. And, and, and also, an AI that's capable enough to do this is probably capable enough to go, making people into paperclips isn't a great goal. And if we give it a value like maximize human flourishing, it's probably <coughs> better at doing that than humans. I could elaborate more. It's strange to me that in this debate we didn't even talk about multiple AIs coming up in the way they collaborate, that would have been interesting, but whatever. But yeah, I think I did a good job, so thank
1: you. Thank you for that excellent speech from the second speaker of opposition. Now I will give each side of the debate to ask two questions directly to get clarifying points from the other team, starting with government. Is there a specific question you would like to ask the opposition to get more clarification or a challenge in which they would have two minutes to respond to answer the question or add any concluding remarks.
0: Yes. Uh. Dear opposition, would you agree that at the same time, the AI, just as you said, can help us greatly? Can um, all these ways that you say have super positive impacts and we develop further on and pose the risk to enable terrorists to build dangerous weapons?
5: Yeah, if you want to, I'm happy. But you go for it. I believe
3: that AI is capable of regurgitating existing information that the internet has already provided and would already be findable by people like this. Um, However, I think it's kind of a moot point, not only because this information already exists and is already out there, and let's face it, is already fairly easy to find. Search engines are are not in their infancy anymore. But I also think that. that completely ignores the angle that we will be fighting against this type of thing. You know, we already have people fighting against the dark web. There is no reason we shouldn't have governmental organizations, other other types of organizations, fighting against crime like this. And this is crime. Um, Obviously, if you're using AI with the intent to commit a crime, regardless of whether AI is used or not, you're still intending to commit a crime. So I think law enforcement has a duty to solve this problem and as long as we, you know, pool our resources and do this correctly, then this is much, this is more of a non-issue than it really sounds considering that it was already an issue that people could find this information.
1: Thank you for that excellent answer. Now I will uh, give the opposition an opportunity to ask any question to the government in which they will have two minutes to answer the question and add any concluding remarks.
5: I'm busy eating a satsuma, so I'm just going to ask a question, which I have, which is based on the argument I made about other existential risks facing humanity and the ability of AI to lighten them or even solve them, um, because we're talking about probability and risk, that was the first thing you guys said and it was the first thing I addressed in my speech, I want to ask you, um, Do you like, what is your opinion on existential risk facing humanity and the probability of humanity ending with AI versus without AI? Which situation does humanity... Like, in which situation does humanity face a higher or lower existential risk? Because if it's lower with AI, then, then we win the motion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, you want or should I? Uh, I'll,
2: I'll do this one. Uh, okay. Right, okay, so you're asking essentially if AI is, uh, if we have AI, is it better for us or is it worse for us in terms of like existing, right? Um, I think the answer is we don't know. I think I, I agree with all of your points that you made about AI set, uh, being better for humanity to a certain point. I think there is a threshold that, that can be met, though. Uh, we don't know where or when, um, and that's why I'm uh, we're equally both in, uh, in agreement also about uh, regulation. Um, but like, yeah, yeah. So I agree that AI is good for humanity. Uh, complete agreement. Uh, in terms of probabilities, I have no idea, just like anybody in this room, just like any expert, just nobody has any idea in terms of like what, what is good and what is bad, right? Uh, so I would say that it has to be regulated and we have to uh, enforce regulation on it and have to research regulation on it in uh, order to actually find out this answer. Uh, but if we don't do anything, if we sit back and we relax, then yes, AI will pose a more significant risk uh, than not having AI.
1: Thank you for that answer. Uh, I will now give another opportunity for the government to ask a question for the opposition.
2: Okay, so, two seconds, I'm trying to think of how to ask this. Okay, if there's not, right, so we're talking about apple seeds, right? And like how uh, <laughs> we eat apple seeds and we all die. Yeah, there is a probability of that. You're, you're absolutely right, okay? Um, but in terms of likelihood, I think AI has like a significant more likelihood than all of us eating apple, apple seeds simultaneously and all dying, right? Uh, and you can kind of see that because there are incentives in place uh, for apple seeds. Uh, not to be eaten, we don't want to die. Uh, but there are also incentives for AI to be developed uh, to the point where we can't control it as well, uh, profit and such. Um, so if it's not a likely uh, risk, then why should we do these uh, regulations and why why should we even uh, think about it? If it's, not a, if it's not a likely thing whatsoever, then why should we even put any effort into putting safeguards?
5: Could you repeat the end of the yeah, question. Could you repeat please? the end? Sorry,
2: that's my fault. Uh, 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 why should we put safeguards on AI if you're not worried about the? What? Why should we put like? Why why should we research regulation and safety if it's an unlikely thing to happen?
5: I I, I agree. That's fine. It's just I'm I, I like I try to ask myself, you know, before these kind of debates, because you know my mind's not fixed here. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I, I sort of ended up in this situation, but I I didn't I, I don't necessarily hold this opinion. In fact. I sort of don't and do. It's I'm changing my mind all the time, and for me, it's you know what what is necessary for me to change my mind, right? And when I ask myself in this debate, like now that I've made this argument, because it was very much on the spot, like I was writing my argument as we were going, I realized, you know, okay, well, if I can make a reasonable guess, because you're right, like apple seeds ending humanity, like I'd be pretty surprised, but. The reason we can say that is because what you're doing there is you're saying well what's the risk of that happening? You are giving you're making a judgment of that probability and you're saying it's really low and You know, maybe that's like harder to guess but like we do have data on like what is the chance of being struck by lightning? And off the top of my head. It's like one in one million one hundred and something thousand and at that case i like, okay. Well, I don't blink twice before going outside in the morning, right? And, like maybe I shouldn't like if I live in a really stormy place But I don't think there's many people who like on earth don't go outside due to being scared of being hit by lightning and I sort of wondered the same thing with AI, like, are we, are we making decisions here where it's like, the, like, you would do an activity just as risky in the blink of an eye in your day-to-day life, but here you won't because of the risk, you know? I think there's an author I really like, Brian Kappen, he writes a book, and I, I think it was on his topics for open borders, a whole different topic, but one thing he mentions is how, if you have M&Ms, right, and someone says, take this M&M, like, do you want an M&M? By the way, one of them's poisoned, Right, and there's like three M&M's in his hands, you're probably like, no. But if there's like a billion M&M's and three of them are poisoned, or even just a million, you'd be pretty insane not to take an M&M because the risk, like again, it's kind of like being struck by lightning. And so w- we need to have that conversation around AI, and I think, hi, <coughs> hey. oh, sorry. Thank
1: you for your answer. i uh, will give the opposition to an opportunity to ask a question to the government.
5: Question?
3: I'll jump in. Um, so as I said, in during my part of the speech ai is really good at solving an optimization problem and it is very much not yet artificial general intelligence and you know it we are very far from the point where it is capable of real human thought or inhuman thought in, in any in any sense um and i also talked about how humans have been afraid of new technologies countless times before and what i wanted to ask you really is What's the difference here? Why is AI different to all the times before that I can point to and say, we were worried that this technology was going to cause an existential threat to humanity or, or at least cause issues for humanity. And in general, the consensus is now that with hindsight, that those technologies have been a lot more beneficial to humanity than, than giving us with drawbacks. So the question is
0: what changed basically. So that's What's that different, different now. Yeah. What's
3: different about AI Compared to all the other times that we have been afraid of a new technology that means this one is the one that's going to kill us
0: okay, right um I, like I don't think it is relevant to talk about what is different or. Well, at least we can say, oh, okay, well, actually, that is the big difference. Now we have a race to get an AGI. There is the race there. There's constantly enormous development by big actors who try to be first at getting a super powerful one. Um, And even now already, we had never before we had a technology that is able to have an impact on so many people at once. Because, for one, I talked about the big influence that there is by social media already. Um, and yes, okay. There is this different this impact right now, and we are still living. It's all good, but it is increased that much by AI, by an AI that is able to scale up to intelligently um, uh, target um, people specifically, and by um, well, actually, I can just uh, one second, um, right by. Um, okay, right, anyway, by, by making up things so that people really believe it. Um, and also, um, there, are, there are some things that have always been there that can must destroy, like some uh, particular weapons, yeah? But now we are giving this power to anyone, basically, because anyone is able to use it to exploit this. And this, um, this was never there before. That th- such an enormous power is given to few people, and um, that is the largest change I would say. Um, and well, right. So that for one, and then also we have a development. You can say for one, AI is in the app. It's even increasing in, incre- incredibly, incredibly unprese- in an unprecedented pace because P- there is a race by big actors. And. Um, and it is, it is getting a more own independent action and can turn against us. Well.
1: Now, uh, thank you for that excellent debate. Now I will open uh, the debate to the audience where if you have any questions, you'd like to ask any side, this is your opportunity. Um, I think, yeah. So anyone, Nick, um,
6: So yeah, okay, it works. Thank you. Okay, so I have a question for the government. So the debate has, um, let's say, the existential aspect of risk of AI has centered around either AI itself being the risk of actually, you know, going out and killing people or people using AI to develop technologies to kill people. So in both cases, right, we have seen arguments um, looking at how both of these risks can be essentially eliminated, right? In the case of using AI as to develop viruses, viruses have never actually wiped out humans. There's no reason to believe we're all gonna die from viruses, if anything. Now we have AI to actually uh, develop vaccines and preventative measures to prevent those you know, viruses. So from the, the actual tech use um, as a tool, does it seem like it's gonna be uh, an existential, existential risk? And if AI is the risk itself, right? Operating within, I assume, electrical means on, on electrical devices, we have uh, tools and weapons to neutralize electrical systems, EMPs. And therefore, if we have credible ways to eliminate any electrical device from operating, is that not an argument that completely eliminates any essential, realistic, or credible uh, risk from an existential perspective, not from just a risk perspective? Thank you.
2: Uh, Yeah, we we do have technologies that can uh, destroy like electrical devices, but we also have technologies to prevent the destruction of those electrical devices, like the military work on like this, this this is a constant like battle between um, uh, offensive technology and defensive technology. So like, I I don't think that's uh, an issue to really consider. I think uh, even if it was uh, an AI could maybe foresee such a thing. Uh, If it was, capable of these things right so like this is all this isn't ChatGPT gpt and takes a prompt and say destroy the world sort of thing this is like uh something far in the future and uh it, it, my idea would be like the ai would foresee something like an emp attack or uh, some sort of like strategy to take it down and uh have preventative measures in place to counteract that and i think like our alliance over uh Digital technology and electronics is like so high that you can't wipe out anything. Every single piece of technology, I think, that's ludicrous. We rely so much on these technologies nowadays. I mean, everybody's carrying a phone in their pocket. People have uh, heart heart monitors, insulin, like all of these different things, all of these different medicines. Like that, we need technology for this, and uh, there is a there is a way of AI maybe uh, staying in that because these all contain computers. So.
1: Uh, I would like to just remind the opposition that if you would like to contribute to answering that question, you have the chance by just raising your hand, and I'll give you um, the space for it. Any other questions?
5: I'd just like to say that I think it's... It's interesting, like, I've been thinking about this topic a lot recently, or in the past, at least, like, around the topic of climate change, for example. And, you know, these are important debates to have. It's always important to talk about existential risks, but I think there is a tendency um, that from some groups of humanity, or humanity in general, like human beings, when a new technology comes about, something with the capability of massively, massively improving global, universal quality of life of going about what is the existential risk? And if there's an existential risk, then we shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I think it's important to just realize that every single technology, every single action, everything we do has a risk. And so we're always weighing probabilities. And we need to you know, quantify risk, have reasonable debates about it, but just consider that there is always going to be a risk of something. And I'm not saying AI is like apple seeds, but it could be much more similar to apple seeds than, say, nuclear bombs. And, you know, I think the debate is very much, at least in mainstream media, like my partner was saying, and some of the things I'm hearing very much, oh, it's nuclear bombs. And right now that mechanization, like, it's not clear to me how that's the case. And the final thing, which I didn't have time, because I ran out of time speaking, because I tend to ramble, is just that AI is really good at solving domain-specific knowledge. But when it comes to general intelligence, mm-hmm. like the ability to like, manipulate everyone and like, us not even know before we can press the mechanical switch, um, it's worth noting that just because something is good at domain-specific problems, like general intelligence-wise, like ChatGPT, it's trained on human data, loads of it. And that means it's not great at coming up with new rules, new ways of, like, it's great at going, here's a problem, and I can optimize it. I can use the rules you give me to be great at it. But not Lawrence. Great? You. Okay. Oh, I can finish. Can I seconds oh. for ten seconds,
0: please? Okay. I <laughs> One second I need to start my timer and then um I will try. So I would say we are not trying to stop it because there is the risk. Of course, it makes sense to take the risk down, try to do that, but it is impossible to stop because it, there is this race and because there's open sourcing and therefore anyone is working on it and it will get to be powerful and more capable and provide risk.
2: Thank you. Can I say one more thing? Yes. Yeah, so I think, yeah, we were said about... <laughs> Sorry, this is hilarious. Uh, I think the idea is to bring it down to the apple seed probability the, at the moment, I don't think that that's the probability right now. I think it is much higher than that, and because we're not doing as much work as maybe we should be doing in it. So, yeah, the idea is to reduce it. Anyways, uh, Zareks.
4: Hello. Yeah. Am I audible? I have questions for both sides of the debate. So do I go one by one? Or? Okay. Do the government... Uh, in your main speech, you said, we just don't know if it is going to happen. Uh, and one of your main themes for both of you were the unpredictability of the risks of AI. And i asked questions at the end of the debate. You also said that you agree that AI is good for humanity and that you have no idea about the probabilities. These are quotations, by the way. Uh, do I take this to mean that the house does not actually believe that AI is an existential risk? If you claim that you don't know what the probabilities are, presumably that uh, stops you from believing that it is actually an existential risk.
2: No, I'm I'm right. uh we don't know what probability to allocate to whatever side happens right so yes ai is good for humanity within a certain threshold we just don't know where that threshold is beyond that threshold if we don't combat going over that threshold of like intelligence right uh, then that's where the dangers start coming all we're kind of trying to advocate for is uh uh, developing regulation and safety mechanisms uh, so that it doesn't go beyond that threshold, or if it does, we can control it and it isn't an existential crisis. So, right now, ChatGPT, I don't think is like uh, a, a thing that we have to worry
4: about. Or respond. I, can respond. Yeah. I mean, I hate to do this, but uh, the motion says that the House believes that AI is an existential risk. Yes, but are you claiming that uh, AI is not an existential risk? Because you just said ChatGPT is not anywhere near to An existential
1: risk, just to uh, what it means, is that there's a, a reasonable possibility to expect that AI could existentially threaten humanity. So it's not, they're not saying it will. Uh, an existential risk suggests that there's... Yeah, so
2: the original motion said poses... So the original motion was uh, AI poses an existential, existential risk to humanity, so I'm, I'm guessing that's slightly more sh- different from beliefs, because that kind of seems more certain, Fair I didn't realise that that was different. Yeah, am not sure the actually
4: change anything. You don't think so? No, because if you do not actually know what the probabilities are of AI posing For you to say that AI is now or will in the future be an existential risk, you must have some uh, idea of how likely that is. But you indicated clearly that you don't know what the probabilities are.
2: Well, yeah, we said said the probability was larger than zero. That's what we're allocating to, like, larger than zero. So that's why we were talking about, like, apple seeds. Um, (laughs) We're trying to reduce it down to apple seeds.
1: (laughs) Uh, You can ask a question as well, you can.
5: Yeah, I just we both want to say something here. But, yeah. yeah. Um, Fifteen seconds. Like, I think that's a really good question. Like, it's sort of what I said before, um, and even better. Like, you you mentioned the fact, like, like this is what we're talking about probability. And like, I can agree with you. Like, I'd say almost now the new technology is like apple seeds, right? But you know, the question is like, well, is it like a car crash? Is it like lightning? Now we're talking about real probabilities. We've got some solid numbers there. Cause, I mean, your debate. And, and I find it a little bit strange how now you just said, oh, we're trying to show it's higher than zero. Well, wait a second. The chance of us dying from apple seeds is higher than zero. Yeah. The chance of us dying by lightning is higher than zero. We've been over this. I feel like that class was definitely won by this side of the debate. <laughs> it's not about what is the possibility of this thing happening. It's about what is the likelihood of this thing happening. And the likelihood is, in our, on our side of the debate, is right. this is a very low likelihood. And I think we need, especially for the size of the claim you're making, and importantly, the size of the disbenefits that follow from acting based on your claim, you need to present much more solid evidence than, well, I think there's a possibility, <coughs> not sure why. Ida?
0: Oops. Um, so what we are saying is we don't know what the probability is. The problem is, I would say, that the probability could be very high. It is potentially so high that, like, within the common time even, it could... Um, yeah, like, OK, we don't know. We are, it's absolutely impossible. I think uh, the prime minister explained very well how, why it is impossible right now to allocate a risk to it, because like, there are so many factors, basically part of it. But, um, but the risk could be very high. And therefore, it is yeah, important to consider this risk a lot and more than, for example, being struck by a lightning. And the risk <coughs> of like, for humanity can also not be struck by a lightning.
1: Position, if you have a response.
3: Ultimately, I kind of think, if you want my genuine personal opinion, I think it's a bit of a moot point deciding whether it's an existential risk or not because so many things pose a ri- an existential risk to humanity. And what we really should be focused on is what kind of risks does it pose in the short term? Because those are the problems we can actually solve. And how best do we solve them? And you know, how do we embrace this technology to solve other problems as well? I think we need to focus on the positive and negative.
4: Uh, any other questions? Yes, uh, To the opposition, uh, one of your central themes was that AI's benefits for solving other existential threats might outweigh any existential threat that AI itself poses. Yet at the same time, uh, one of your other main themes was that AI is not intelligent. Uh, I think I can quote Michael in uh, him saying that AI has the intelligence of a platform Am I to believe that platforms are going to solve global warming? Repeat that. You say on one hand that AI has an intelligence comparable to platforms, yet you also claim that AI's benefits for solving such complicated problems as global warming and bioweapons outweigh its existential threat. So my question is, am I to believe that platforms are going to solve global warming?
5: Um, and I have an answer to, for you. Again, I'm not super set on this. Um, um, but what I'd say is, AI, like as I said in my debate, is really, really good. It can become superhuman at solving domain-specific problems. right? Things like, how do I best treat cancer? How, what is the best way of doing this? How do I pe- best play this game of chess? But the, the real leap comes when how do we switch from the domain-specific problem, where AI is incredibly good and superhuman at optimizing the problem? So how do I get the rules that I have, for example, within climate change or within this virus, how it spreads and the constraints I give it? Um, it's really, really good at solving that domain-specific issue, but then when it jumps, and this is my understanding so far, but when it jumps to then going, okay, but what about problems that aren't clear to us now, like general intelligence? Like, do we have rules? Do we have a rule set to get? okay, what is the best way to take over the world? All of a sudden, it's like, well, that's really general. And like we start using like these models that are just trained on like generic human data that you find online. So. Is it gonna take over the world? I don't think so. I don't think it's gonna become much more capable than humans currently are at doing that. Um, Can it solve specific instances of problems like treating cancer or um, finding solutions to viruses or whatever else? Um, I think so, I mean, we've already seen that can offer significant advances in these fields. Um, We had a talk, you know, you were with me at the computer club, we hosted that talk um, where we we talked about applied machine learning and how um, we can use this to um, find the most effective treatments for cancer or antibiotic treatments, which are both questions that we like. I mean, at least antibiotics and virus and bacteria, we talk about that when we talk about existential risks. I'm talking too fast now. Um, I should probably slow down. Um, but yes, I think that's my, my main answer to that is it's, I wouldn't, maybe slowworm is a bit of a hyperbole, but in general, it's not superhuman. At general intelligence and you know these general like mega tasks or the things that you know the government is saying it should be able to do, but it is superhuman at solving domain-specific tasks and optimization problems. I think that's my answer. Would you agree with that, Michael? Yes. Go for it.
3: We cannot possibly hope at this point to prepare for AGIs, except ironically, AI might help us prepare for AGIs. Um, <laughs> And that is asking a very different question too, is the AI we have, in, we have today, and even the development of the AI we have today, going to pose an existential threat? And I don't, I don't think those are the same question. AGIs are obviously going to be a threat. They don't exist yet. I would love to be able to say that we can plan for them, but unfortunately we're just not in a place to be able to do that. And so I think it is very much worth the benefits of the special purpose AI we already have. I don't think we should discount it for having imposter syndrome and being something that it isn't, because it isn't AGI.
1: Uh, does anyone have any other questions? Okay, well then, thank you for, uh, just to, uh, you, so the whole point of public debates is not to create winners or losers, but rather to bring, a, to bring in the forefront a relevant issue and topic that is dominating our public areas. and. Uh, discussions. Um, I want today's public debate to not be the start and end of this conversation, but rather bring this conversation into your own spaces and to think for yourselves and to make up your own opinions. Now, knowing this, um, we're going to do a small exercise of trust in which I would ask, Has um, be, I, we still don't want to put emphasis on who won or lost because that's not how we frame it, but at the same time, it is valuable for us to learn who has changed their mind. So I would like to ask who has changed their mind before and after debate to the government side? If you could raise your hand. Okay. Uh, has anyone changed their mind from the, to the oppositions? Okay. Uh, four persons changed their mind uh, t- in today's discussion that AI is not an existential risk. Thank you for coming, everyone, and I hope to see you next week in Hang the on, next. Can pub- I just
3: make one point? Sorry. Go for uh, it. So, so Josh, what was that you said about? I'm not sure you're going to have much of an opposition after you frame this argument. <laughs> Well, friends, so. <laughs> Apple I'm, I'm playing with you, of course, because the discussion is a lot more important than the outcome.
1: But it, it was a very fruitful discussion and conversation, and I would like to thank you for coming. Now, please give a round of applause.
0: <clears throat> the StirPod Network, from the University of Stirling Podcasting Society. Find out more at www.stirpod.co.uk.